0: Hey, how's it going? This is Vic the Soundchick. And this is Little Ren, Ren And you're listening to Coffee Talk with, with Billy and Jen. Jen. Cheers. Cheers, babe. Um, you are probably wondering why Vic the Soundcheck is behind the microphone. Uh, first of all, that's probably where I should have always been, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. You're also probably wondering why Vic the Soundchick is referring to herself in the third person. And I'm wondering that myself as well. Um, actually, Billy and Jen are out celebrating Jen's 40th birthday. And I'm just going to repeat that real quick. She's Jen is 40 because I know when she has the microphone, she likes to talk about a lot um, how I'm 40 years old. So I just need the world to know. And I know the world is listening to this podcast that Jen is 40. Well, technically, she's not, right? I guess she's not 40 yet. but. Yeah. She'll be 40 in July, so I'm just gonna go ahead and push her over that Shall hill. Be. Um, but yeah, they are currently, as we speak, frolicking through Europe on Jen's um dream life trip. Um, and it's they're having a blast, and I'm sure Siren, you've been having a blast. How's it been not having your parents for two weeks?
1: I'm thriving, living life to the fullest, living
0: your best life now. Yes, yeah, 14 and and no parents for two weeks. Nope, it's been, I'm sure it's been, been a lot of fantastic. fun. Fantastic. She's been hanging out with me some, so that's been cool. right yeah i I was hoping you would say yeah it's been cool i didn't know it's been cool okay good um anyways so just so you know when we uh, play this podcast the audio will be slightly different because they are recording in some cafe in paris or some location in paris um it was undisclosed uh, location because they didn't want us to know where they were no i'm just kidding but yeah the (laughs) audio will be slightly different just because they don't have me there and Everyone knows that Vic the Soundcheck gets the best audio. So we just wanted to set it up. I'm really excited for this episode where Billy and Jen are going to talk about the illusion of control and how to navigate through uncertainty of the future, which I don't know about you, but I can use as much help as possible in believing for the future and living a life of risk and purpose. So why don't you grab a cup of coffee, hit play, and enjoy Live in Paris.
2: Hey, how's it going? I'm Billy. And I'm Jen. And you are listening to Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Cheers, babe. Cheers. Hey, thanks for listening. This is a very special episode since we are recording this live in Paris, France. In
1: Paris, France.
2: Yes, we are. Bonjour, mon ami. Merci. Tu es nous
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, True story,
1: I, you can speak really good
2: French uh, C'est bon. Uh, I, I
1: just think you were like speaking some kind of baby gibberish I'm
2: making up my own language around True here True
1: story, we were in a cab t- this morning and I thought I was going to die There's no real rules in the driving game here at all. And we got into this cab with this older gentleman. Older man. classic French
2: gentleman. Oh, yeah. Gentleman. Total stereotype. He's like, oh, I don't
1: speak French. Sorry. I'd say hi.
2: He was angry.
1: So angry at every little move that anybody made on the, on the way to the...
2: <laughs> but he was funny, man. And he got us to where we needed to be. And he, at one point, and I didn't even realize it just came out of me. He said, he asked me a question in total French. Spoke no English. Didn't even care to try and speak English. And I understood him completely, and I answered in French. He, and he asked, what road were you going to again? And I just said, Carante Cinque, which is... Forty-five, And he's like, oui, bon. And he just – and Jen's like, oh, my God. It dude. was and so sexy. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, like, you
1: saying that in French was na- so sexy. I just nailed this. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> so. He looked back, too, in his mirror. and was like, what? Uh. This, this English man.
2: Hey, you'll notice that our audio might be a little bit off, but that's because we're filming in our hotel room right here in Paris. We've actually – we were in Rome for the first three days. That was awesome. Ate lots of Rome food. True story. We stayed in a really nice hotel. But the first night in this but, nice hotel, we open the door. The concierge lets us into the room. And what comes scampering out but a cockroach. Oh, my God. It
1: came with screaming and running oh, at me. I literally just stomp on it and I kick it out of the room out of just my knee-jerk reaction.
2: A freaking cockroach. And then the
1: concierge just actually... Acts like we didn't see it and covers it up with his shoe,
2: and then kicks it to the side. Yeah, and
1: then doesn't say anything. And so oh. the whole night, I'm paranoid that You're cockroaches so paranoid. are paranoid or are climbing all over me.
2: And then the next morning, I woke up in my bed, and right next to us were two more cockroaches oh, running right around. So we told the hotel; they were actually gracious. They came in and like sprayed or something while we were gone and then they gave us a discount so but
1: the truth is, is that merci beaucoup we woke up at 5 30 in the morning on a hunt for another hotel Woo. but i think every hotel potentially in Rome. could have been infested with cockroaches
2: yeah it's the area oh so. and then um and then we went to venice which was like living in a postcard breathtaking i've never seen such beauty beautiful um we had a great hotel there and we had the best view literally in the entire city from like the rooftop
1: it's gorgeous um,
2: and I made the one mistake of eating a salmon quiche at one of the cafes, a, a notorious cafe. I
1: don't uh, remember the name of it. Cafe Florian. Yes. Yeah. Many of you probably have been there. Super
2: bougie, man. Super cool. Very, very. I mean,
1: there was a $12 very, cover charge just to get in. Just into to get in because they had
2: live band and very Italian. And I got salmonella poisoning.
1: So sick.
2: Oh my gosh. And guys, <laughs> this
1: is the truth. Billy's just now feeling better. And it's been, what, day five? Five. They so drive. for
2: five days, but I'll tell you what—we refuse to stop, right, babe? It's
1: impressive. You I have been on a through.
2: steady diet of drugs: Imodium AD, um, Tylenol, Ibuprofen. I've been taking these electrolytes, pro- electrolytes, probiotics um, that are I taste like yogurt, but I just down them.
1: Probably have lost like ten pounds in the I last. I have lost five so days. much
2: weight. <laughs> I'm looking sexy to you, madam. very
1: sexy with your six-pack abs.
2: But despite, um, a terrible poisoning, <laughs> Our
1: accent's terrible. we're
2: doing, we're doing pretty good. And now we are in Paris and Paris is a dream.
1: It's been a dream. And it's we- been a, it's a dream, dream come true to be here. Thank you. Babe. How many
2: miles have we walked?
1: Well, yesterday, over 60
2: miles total.
1: Well, yeah, today would have been 60 miles that we have walked since we've been. Which is your Europe. dream
2: come true. I did that for you.
1: I've got a few blisters on my, my feet. <laughs>
2: does okay
1: okay do the podcast hands, keep your hands to yourself man. my wife
2: is looking super sexy right now
1: keep your hands to. i'm yourself. just gonna say the
2: european style fits you girl <laughs> oh less my is best <laughs> so yeah so here we are and um we thought for this podcast what we would do is maybe kind of talk about um the top things that we've been talking about over coffee in europe
1: since we've been here
2: since we've been here right so yep. we kind of What are the things that we've been talking about the most as we've sat down and had cafe oles and cafe americano, cappuccino. You want a little. (laughs) la? Is this your accent? Um, And so we kind of narrowed it down to probably it's weird. We've had some deep talks.
1: Very deep. It's been really good.
2: Yeah. Some deep talks because we're celebrating your 40th birthday. Your 40th isn't actually until July. But we're celebrating it now,
1: celebrating early
2: for your trip. And so dream come true. Forty is a big year. So we've been having some talks. And I think the two things we have talked about the most are control or I should say the illusion of control in life. It's Mm -hmm. funny that we've talked about this and the future Um, because 40 is a big deal. It's like forty. Remember back in the day when they used to forty used to be over the hill. I don't see cards like that anymore. Maybe that's the case. But when I was a kid, my parents turned forty; they're like over the hill, You're right? Which is such a a sad thought that like everything's uphill to forty. Then and what it's is, just, is everything downhill? It's down. I refuse to believe that. I feel like we're As just a getting going
1: pace for um, real. Now that I'm forty, I feel like. It's like the you know everyone says 40 like, is the new 30. I mean 40 has definitely been the last I think 9 months have been like oh my god I'm turning 40. But 40 is still young, right? Yeah. I'm just now getting wrinkles in my face. Like come on, I've got a lot of life to live.
2: And we can get rid of those wrinkles. <laughs> <Man. laughs> With a
1: botox, you yeah, know. Yeah,
2: no problem. Um but the thing about 40 is, like, you had the first 40 years of your life. And technically, I'd say it's the first 20. Because up to 20, you don't know what you're doing. Figuring so, like that. Yeah, out. yeah. We're just your kids, right? And so. I
1: mean, you're like us. I was starting to have babies in my But 20s.
2: now we have, like, technically, if we live to 80, which is a good long life. Maybe we go longer. 40
1: more years. That's, that's we got not, 40
2: years ahead of us. Like, I want to so live
1: longer than 80. That's this, not very much longer.
2: Oh. Uh, 40 years. 80 sounds about good.
1: Uh, that's a long that run. 90. I, 90 is good. Ooh,
2: okay. Well, if you lived to 90, I'll live to 90. If you go before 90, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the doctor. <laughs> Tell the doctor. We're going to do the notebook thing. We're just going to go to bed together and just never wake yes. up. Um, so we got 40 years left, essentially. What are we going to do? We've we been talking a lot about the future. And I think 40 is a significant number. Or
1: what, what could we do? Or what can we do?
2: Um, in the Bible, if you were to reference 40 or something like, what does 40 mean? Well, in the Bible, 40 means it's the number of testing, and trial, which kind of sucks. <laughs> I've been through some testing. I uh, don't really want to deal with that. But it's also, 40 also comes, it's the, it's the end of the fulfillment of a promise. So every time there's been 40 days or 40 years, a promise is fulfilled. So for instance, if you look at like in the Bible Noah – Noah was on the boat when the, when the world was flooded. And he was on for 40, 40 days and 40, 40 nights. Days. And then the waters receded and the promise came. We look at Moses. Moses was on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. And he didn't fast. And after that, God spoke.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Israel wandered the, the desert for 40 years. And then after that, boom, they hit the Pro- promised land. Jesus fasted for 40 days, the beginning of his ministry. And after that, boom, his, like, his public ministry began. So it's kind of like 40 is also... Okay, now the fulfillment of a promise. So I'd like to I'd like to capitalize on that for our next 40 years, not testing and trial. I feel like 40, these 40 years have tested us.
1: Yeah, it really has. And actually,
2: I think that's probably real. Mm-hmm. And so and maybe you're out there and you're like, man, I've been through some tests. I've been through some trials. Just understand that like, there is a breakthrough coming. There is a promise out there for you. We are believing that. Um, by no means – I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you are 20. I don't care if you are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 – um good friends of ours you know have tattoos on their body that say better at 70 still believing that at age 70 it just gets better and better better i believe that and i just think um it ain't over till it's over Mm -hmm. and until we're in the ground let's just go for it and let's keep let's keep believing for the best and so why don't we talk about that today sound cool yes control we have been talking about this the the illusion of control yes you and i are i don't know how you i don't know how you you know, categorize people, but people will call us like Type A.
1: Totally Type A,
2: especially you. Super Type especially A, especially you. I'm like A B. Oh, <laughs> you're A A. You're double A. I'm
1: a triple A. No, you're
2: triple A. <laughs> wait, are you double D? Double oh, wait, D, are you double A. I'm a double E. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but we're Type A, meaning like we go get it in life. We're go-getters, you know, if we're in the room, like, yeah, you know, we're like,
1: like if no one's going to step up to the plate, you better be Both leave.
2: personalities, both which of us. can get stereotyped. You more so than me. Yeah. But True both story. of us, both of us have this kind of like thing. Um, and so I think for us, a lot of things we've come to realize is we like to be in control. And One way or the other. Totally. And when you don't feel like you're in control, babe, like, what does that do to you? What does that, when you feel like you're losing control? What,
1: it, it feels like something's wrong. And, right. and but there's but there's nothing wrong. It's like maybe it could be as simple as I don't know what's going to happen in the next, you know, six months to 12 months. And so there's a sense of something's wrong, but it, there's really nothing wrong. It's just a sense of I don't I don't know The I don't know's mean I don't have control.
2: Yeah. And we talked about this. I feel like there's three ways of controlling, like having control. First of all, people who want control. One of the things we do to control is we do. There's doers. You we're are not s-
1: talking about the controlling personality type. No, I'm, like not we're talking, talking I'm not about talking about the jerks.
2: Yeah. But like having control in life. Like yeah. do you honestly think you're in control? One of the ways we try and gain control of our lives is we do. If no one will do it, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And see, some people are just doer, doer, doers. And there's nothing wrong with that. You are totally a doer. In fact, if you're not doing something, you get And there's something pretty visit.
1: amazing about the doer personality. I okay. just have to say that for the record. Self-compliment. Okay. I mean, we kind of get shiznit done, you know. The- you get
2: shiznit done. Yes. I know, and I love that about you. I have some doer in me as well. As I've gotten older, I'm forty-two. 100%. I'm Two years your elder. I feel like I've chilled on that. It's
1: like we just moved out of our. We just moved into a new house within three days. Everything's in oh, its yeah. place. We
2: drove ourselves to total. I was like exhaustion, but we hung got on the it walls done. And yeah.
1: shelves, you know, attached, and it's like wow.
2: So one way of controlling is doing. Another way is knowing. This I feel like I fall in this category. Like one of the ways I feel like I'm in control is I know. I know what's going on. I know what's going to happen next week. I know what's going to happen in the next six months. I have a plan for the next year. Like if I feel you like even like kind of know
1: how the meetings are going like, to unfold. Even on this
2: trip, I want to know what our day is going to look like. Yeah. I don't like to plan too far ahead but i need to know like where we're going what we're doing like Mm. and i feel a bit of control and if i don't know and maybe some of you fall in this category like if i don't know what the plan is for my my job or for my role or for a relationship or for our finances i feel like i'm losing control so some people are doers some people need to know and then i think some of us control through others like through other people and that can be good or bad on the good side of it it's influence and on the bad mm. side of it, it's probably manipulation. And so the way we seek control is we either it's through relationships or networking or politicking. How I can or, use
1: you to get yeah. to what I need.
2: And I suppose that can be good if you're helping people achieve okay. their best potential. But if you're using people as a means to an end, so that you can achieve your dreams, and people are just a rung in a ladder to help you get to where you're mm. going, that can become super toxic, right? Totally. So we've kind of narrowed it down like control in life. Maybe plays itself out in those three sort of things. Maybe there's more, but the truth of it is, here's the question I'm asking: Do we actually think we're ever really in control? I asked you this question the other day. We, we're we're trying to discuss like what does the next forty years look like for us? for For the first forty years, my wife and I have been married for twenty three years. We have three kids. Two of them are grown and are just killing life. And the
1: question is, is, is really been a huge one for us because we're kind of at the point where we're not really raising kids anymore. We're almost done raising right. our last teenager. We're in a season of life, which huge kind of transition of like responsibility too, of like what we used to be responsible for. No, we don't have that weight of responsibility, even raising small kids. And so it's like all of these things have been hitting us at once. And I'm sure many people who are listening have already gone through these seasons, but it's been a, a definite question of, Gosh, we kind of sense our we kind of feel a sense of losing control.
2: And we've been in full time ministry um, for I mean, this first forty years. I mean, Mm -hmm. since we were um, in our twenties, we've been doing full time ministry. I think Mm -hmm. we've gotten pretty good at it after twenty three years, and we've definitely have a lot that we could say we've accomplished and a lot of failures we've made. But I think Mm -hmm. we've turned those failures into wins. And the question is like, so is that what the next forty years looks like, or will it look different? Um, And those are big questions. And I and I I asked you this question over coffee. I Mm -hmm. can't remember what city we were in, but I said. Do we actually think we can figure this out? Like, what do we, what's the future look like? And we're kind of planners, doers, knowers, getter Like, And I was like, maybe, maybe it, it's just going to have to be God. And if you don't subscribe to God, it's something bigger. Maybe, maybe we just can't plan it. And I was reminded when our daughter Serenity was, I don't know, going into third grade. And she was getting ready for her first day at like elementary school. Up to this point, she'd been going to, like, day school, kindergarten, whatever. And she was packing her backpack. And she was in her room. And we were in the kitchen. And we could hear her getting frustrated. You know, (laughs) kind of like that. Paris taxi driver. She's in there like, oh, I can't, I can I can't, yeah, I can't do it, <laughs> I can't get it done, you know, and she couldn't fit all of her stuff in her backpack, and she was having like a moment, a three-year-old moment.
1: And I think at one point, we're like, honey, do you need some help? And she's like, no, yeah. you know, just so frustrated.
2: And I mean, at one point, almost moved to tears, this, my, our three-year-old daughter, just literally, our, not a three-year-old, but third grader. Yes. And she just could not get her, and she was like, I can't do it. It was like an impossibility, no matter how many ways she tried to get her books her, and pencils and rulers and all the stuff. Her box. And so you walk in And you just like Let me see it You take it And I mean it must have been 10 seconds And you adjust it Put everything in You zip it up And you hand it to her And she goes Oh Thanks And I just thought like That must be a little bit Like what It's what God feels like with us We're down here Just trying to Figure out how we're gonna do this. Like, what does tomorrow look like, and what does the next year look like, and how are we gonna make more money, and how are we gonna start that business, and how are we gonna, what am I gonna do, and what's my job gonna look like, and what about this relationship, and where am I gonna live, and what's the future having, how am I gonna accomplish my dreams, and we're like, I can't do it, I can't. We're just like we're having this third grade moment. Like my daughter, do- and God's up there. He's like, hey, just he comes over, boom, 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 done. Like he and as as silly as it was to us, we loved our daughter, but she was getting so worked up over something that was so simple. Now. I'm going to say this. I don't think she could have actually packed that back.
1: And she had unpacked her backpack two or three times completely and she, tried to refit things in her little mind and her little perspective, trying to refit it three or four times. And then mom or dad walks over and in two seconds. We pack the, and zip it and done.
2: She couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And I think there are times for all of us where it's like, hey, you can't actually figure it out. Like in all your experience, if you're listening to this podcast, and all your ingenuity and in all of your wisdom and all of your counsel and all of your planning and all of your praying and all of your thinking and all of your studying, you just aren't going to be able to figure it out because control is an illusion. Mm-hmm. Like you're not actually in control of everything. Certain things you can't control. I think it's a small list, but you can't control the future. Mm-hmm. And God's up in heaven and He's like, hey man, this is so easy. Let me do it. And I think that's where the waiting and the trusting comes in. And we definitely find ourselves in that season of life right now where it's like, okay, maybe we're not in control. And maybe we just have to keep doing what we're doing and let God do what God's going to do. I heard someone say, you know, when do you know it's time to make a change? I said, well, when God directs you. Well, what if God doesn't say anything? Then do the last thing he told you to do. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Just keep doing it because God doesn't change his mind. So whatever it is you're doing. Keep doing that, and when God's ready to make a shift, a change, um, stir something. Hard. And I think sometimes for us, we feel a stirring, we feel a shifting. And many of you might be in the same situation. We feel something shifting, something's changing. And the worst thing we can do is jump that gun or try and figure out how we can make the change, because then we're doing it on our own, and now we're trying to take control of something that we actually don't have control of. And allowing God be like, "Hey, God's in control," and. He's actually just gonna have to do it. And I do think, I honestly do think it will be as simple as when you walked over to our, our, our young daughter, took her backpack, and in fifteen seconds packed it. You're like, got it. You know, I think God's up in heaven without question. And I have so much to back that up. It's like, hey, I'm gonna take care of this. Just gotta trust me. Um easier said than done, correct?
1: So much easier said than done.
2: Um so we've been thinking about that. Yeah. But what are what are some of the things that have helped you in this season? as we feel some uncertainty as to future, whether it be business or roles or, you know, I mean, we've moved multiple times now and we're the type of people that love change. I think we're kind of addicted to change, but yeah. we also have come to love where we are. Um, what are some things that have helped you maybe cope?
1: I think for me, it's just whatever season I've been in, just do it at the best of my ability. Mm. And even when I find myself maybe weary or even frustrated or tired of the season, I think I have to get up every day and say, "Okay, I'm going to crush this day and I'm going to do it to my very best. And it's amazing as I just choose. That's kind of choosing like I'm going to be happy. I'm going to I'm going to choose to do it with. A good attitude it's like those days become great which days could be mundane or boring or kind of like gosh I'm frustrated because I really sense change is coming but I think just every single day crushing your day and even though it can get boring and even though it can get frustrating or maybe you can get weary or tired or you know maybe things are challenging or painful it's like you know what in those moments just deciding hey I'm gonna make it the best and doing anything that God's given you know, us given meat with my best ability. And yeah. I feel like in the end, I look back over my life and like, wow, just those small principles of doing something faithfully are doing it faithfully every single day. produces so much life.
2: Yeah. You look great in this hotel room, by the way. Thank you. Super Francois. Um, do you want to get undressed, or
1: did you just like want to flip the conversation? Just no, it's now? just a very Paris thing to do—is
2: to take your clothes off. Oh
1: my God, people are doing you it all over
2: little- the place around here. You keep
1: it lighthearted.
2: So many naked statues. I just don't <laughs> want to do it myself. So while
1: I was talking about just like showing up and just doing <laughs> doing my day every day, you, you're thinking of naked statues.
2: I'm thinking of you naked. Oh
1: my God,
2: we're in Paris, babe. It's the city of so love. Do,
1: do anything that I just said, is there anything that you agree with out of those statements?
2: All right agree with most of it if you take off your shirt i agree with all of it <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay let me say this i love what you actually said and i was thinking while you were saying that i was reading this article the other day and i don't know what you think about jennifer lopez or i love her yeah um whether you like her music she or not or her movies her, like, or you gotta admit the woman is just killing it in life and they were interviewing j-lo and they said you know how have you managed to reinvent yourself. She was famous when she was in her 20s for her music and Extremely. rapping. And then she went into movies and she had some bad movies and had some amazing movies. Totally. And became a, a bona fide.
1: What's the one where she's like a maiden? like Made in Manhattan. I mean, oh, it's such a um, great movie. And
2: she became a bona fide movie star. And then she reinvented herself in music again and style. And, and she's just, I mean, she's, and then whether she has a clothing line, I think. She's just amazing, right? She mm-hmm. has a perfume line. The woman just keeps doing it and doing it and doing it well. Um, And they asked her, how do you keep reinventing yourself? And she said two words, which I thought like, okay, she's going to say never quit. Um, Exercise daily. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. And I love what she said. She said, be happy. Be happy. I thought, my God, JLo, super profound. Yeah. She's still Jenny from the block. Mm. Um, Like, that's just, I thought. Be happy. Be happy. Mm. So, and that's, I want to, as we finish up this podcast, like the next 40 years, like, I think that is a huge thing for us and something we've always like, whatever we do, let's make sure that we're living to the fullest. Let's be happy. And I don't think that means be selfish. I don't think that means do what you want. Or but be like,
1: fake or not. Yeah.
2: But like, whatever you do, like, make sure that you're happy. Like, do something. And you could be in a job right now that you don't necessarily enjoy, but you could still be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I love about the European people. Is we watch them like they'll go to work early in the morning. Well, not so early. They <laughs> like the ten o'clock hour around here. But they'll work all day. And then you, we've watched them because we've been out sitting in cafes and on the streets. I mean, we walk sixty miles. We've been watching the city, and they don't even go home. They go straight to cafes or restaurants, and they will sit for like two, three hours, and they will eat and drink, and, and they'll stay out top, late at night and, and spend then,
1: time with people they love. And so, and it's just like. Even if they they're working so hard during the day, that most of them are, are running restaurants and doing all kinds of things, and then they are just happy people.
2: Then they get happy. They just like and
1: they do it with food and they do it with people they love and you know and that's a decision, that's a choice, you know and joy is a choice and that sounds that's a cliche saying around here, but saying. it really is. It's a choice to be happy. And what J Lo was getting to is like, hey, like life isn't always easy, but. I, just be happy. Yeah. Like in whatever moment and season you find yourself in, be happy. It's a decision you have to make. And I mean, gosh, we tell our kids that, right? Yeah. Like it's like we need to have a grown up talk to ourselves and say, "Hey, be happy."
2: Be happy. And be I think happy. one of the ways to be happy is be grateful. And I would be, be grateful for what you have. I mean, we can always talk about what we don't have and where we haven't gotten to and how far we are from the dreams or the goals. But what have you done? What do you have? Be happy about yes, that, and I yes. think that's, um, I think that's one of the things. So here's the question we've been talking about when it comes to the future, um, the next forty years. Are we willing to start again? Um, we've we've had this conversation before on the podcast, but like, are we willing to start a new beginning? Like, a start new starting a, a line. new start, establish a new starting line, and take the same kind of risks that we did in our twenties and thirties. Now that's a real thing when we were in our twenties. I remember in our twenties, um we like you have less
1: responsibility i just think it's sometimes it's a just bit you easier and I. Yeah. to kind of take risk you don't have you know you don't have all the big you know bills and people relying on you and now you don't we're in own our the 40s. house you don't it's own the like,
2: car you don't have the 401k that's have a aqua- sense accumulated of wanting to take
1: more risk and we're kind of like ah it's easy
2: to take risk when you got nothing to lose yeah but now that
1: it there <clears> could be some <throat> potential loss and let, I let me ask you
2: this question risk. are we willing we're 40, baby. You're 40. You're almost 40. I'm 42. Are we willing to risk as much as we did? I remember when we were 30 years old, we left everything you knew in Atlanta, Georgia. I had been there for 10 years. Our kids were born and raised there. We had a great job. We had benefits. We had friendships. We had family. We had position and title and role and reputation. And we left it all to move across the United States of America Not for a guaranteed job. I mean, I wasn't an idiot. I had a job as an audio engineer, an assistant audio engineer, right? Making a lot less money. But, and we just like, let's risk it, remember? And I remember doing that. And Mm -hmm. we felt it was God. And it was honestly the best decision we've ever made. And both of us look back at it now, what, 12, 13 years from now, like, dude, that was it. God asked us to jump. My question is, we've been here for 13 years. And I'm not thinking, I'm not saying we're leaving. But like, are we willing to take the same kind of risks um, I got a good friend, Judah Smith, who says, are we willing to bet the barn again? Like bet bet the whole farm. Just bet it. Just go for it. Like, or are we like leveraging and holding things? Is the goal just to keep accumulating? And like for what? Or are we willing to be like, no, nope, we'll do it again. We would, we'll take the risks. And the question is, should we? And how do we go about doing something like that? How do you, when you're in your 40s, take the same kind of risks and mentalities that you did when you were in your 20s and 30s i remember when i was in college um i had spent my whole high school years all up to my up to 20 years old like getting straight a's playing football and my whole goal was to study business be a millionaire and play in the nfl and after the second year of college i was just like i think what i'm going to do is pursue ministry in this woman named jennifer in atlanta and I'm gonna leave all this behind and go be a youth pastor. And I took a part-time job managing a restaurant. Remember that? And yep. I was just willing to risk it. I felt it was God. And, you know, I had a lot of counsel and it all. But I mean, I was risking what I had thought were my dreams. And then, you know, when you came here, when we first moved to Seattle, Washington, you know, you're like, I'm gonna start a company. You had no business training, uh, proper business training. Um, just graduated high school, and you're like, I'm gonna start my own business company, I'm gonna start a cleaning company, commercial, residential, and just out of nowhere. And it cost us a decent amount of money, especially back then, to do that. And we risked the money and we risked you putting yourself out there and the time and the effort and mm-hmm. the hard work. And you killed it, right? Like in first year you cleared six figures and you were my sugar mama. And you know what I'm saying? And then you ended up selling that company and now you've started another company. So what is it? What will keep us taking risks in the future how do we keep doing that how do we keep living that way
1: (laughs) that's the question right and you're asking me i have no idea but i do know one thing that i want to live life with um, no regrets and i would rather give it a go than look back and regret not trying so i think that that's what motivates me every single day is kind of the why not mentality And what's the worst case? Okay, that's it. What's the worst case scenario? Could be like bankrupt bankruptcy, right? Losing a home, um, going into debt, and then the business fails, and you have tons of debt. Okay, like that's 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 some bad stuff. That's a rough rough moment. But at the end of the day, is it? I mean, like, is that the worst thing that could happen?
2: I I don't know where the stat is, but I've heard like every billionaire and especially millionaires, they've all, if you average how many of them have gone bankrupt or lost it all. We have a good friend of ours who's been a millionaire multiple times over and he said he lost all of his money three times. Three times lost it all.
0: Which At is At one cr- point lost $36 million
2: thing. in business deals and lost all of his money 36 million Only to dollars. gain it back again three years later. Like, you have to so sometimes there, there fail ha- forward.
1: There, I mean, risk is, is essential. It's, it, you have to have risk.
2: Let me say this. Someone once said to me, um, like, Risk is in everything. Like, if you feel like there's no risk, risk is in everything. They once did a study on people like, well, what if I just stay in my bed? Um, 500,000 people a year end up in the ER in America because they fell out of their bed. What? Yeah. That's a true stat. So you could be a part of those people. Like, stay
1: in bed and, and
2: still risk your life. So just so we're all on the same page together, like… Life is risky. Everything has risk. There's nothing without risk. I ate salmon and eggs… And got poisoned.
1: For five days.
2: Oh God! sick as a dog. Everything is without risk. So if you're like, I'm just going to stay where I am, like you're actually risking it. Like there's risk involved in that. So the question is, since life is a risk, why not risk forward? Why not Mm. attempt to go forward? Because you're going to be risking no matter what. You're going to, right?
1: And I think that's the thing. You have to keep that mentality and you've got to set. And I just think setting, you know, I I asked you the day, I'm like, maybe we should just set some tangible goals. And I think those are good, good things to keep you motivated towards the end goal. But at the end of the day, I mean, Peter walked on water because God said, come out and walk. And so he obeyed. God's going to open the doors, but we've got to lean into, we've got to be willing to step out a little bit, just like Peter did out of the boat. But then, but God, God, God told him to come. And I think that's the thing. We have to just trust the process. We have to be willing to be okay with the unknown and to step out when the timing's right. And I
2: love that illustration of Peter walking on water. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, that's a very famous passage in scripture. And I love it. And here's one of the things you're never going to walk on water unless you're willing to get out of the boat. That's a fact. Um, and people are like, well, it was easy for Peter because Jesus is right there and he was doing it. Correct. But it still takes an enormous amount of faith and risk, even though you see, it. and I think that's the difference between risk and foolishness. Some people are just like, I'm just going to quit my job and go do this. Like, well, you might be a fool and you might be homeless, but if you feel God is calling you and you feel like there's something to this and you've had you've counsel and there's, there's some wisdom at play here, not always logic, because I think sometimes our risks seem illogical. But there's some wisdom at play here. It still takes an enormous amount of faith. So Peter's looking at Jesus on the water and Jesus says, come. Mm -hmm. So now you have to trust the fact that you can do what he said you can do. And that takes faith. And I just think it's impossible to live a life of risk unless you're living a life of faith. And um, so I'm down for it. The next 40 years, I'm down to go. I definitely don't want to stand still. Hey, I don't want to risk just being where we are five years from I now. I mean, just
1: think, what, what could a year hold? Like We could look back from a year to this date, and hopefully the people who are listening with us will journey this next year. And maybe we'll even be able to be a part of what they're going to do and risk. And so I'm excited. Hey, I'm excited to see what next year looks like.
2: Here's to 40 more, babe. 40, babe. All In right. In Paris. Love you. Hey, thanks for listening. We uh, so appreciate you listening to the podcast. Hope you're having a great week and we'll talk yeah. to you next week, correct?
1: Yes, we will. And you know what? Thank you for subscribing and, and maybe leaving a v- review really helps us as we uh, venture on this uh, podcast as life. As long as it's a
2: five star review.
1: <laughs>
2: All right. Hey, love you guys. Au revoir, ça va bien, c'est bien.
0: Thanks for joining us today on coffee talk with billy and jen hey if you've enjoyed this episode please subscribe and we would love to hear from you you can leave a review rate us or follow us on social media at billy's mafia here's to more coffee and honest conversations cheers